Hello and welcome to the Oh My God podcast season two with myself, Zelda Volkov Lebowitz, and my co-host, Hannah Rachel Cohen Portnoy. In season one, the podcast aimed to talk about success in the face of failure, modern Judaism, and real life. Season two will deliver that same message, but even more potently. Myself and Hannah Rachel have individually and collectively been challenged by the Jewish system we grew up in. Through our evolution, through our questions, our failures, mistakes, and heartbreaks, we have begun to untangle much of what was keeping us in survival mode so that we could truly be set free to thrive. This is what we'll dissect each week with you. The journey, the Jewish journey, real, raw, and vulnerable, because that is the only thing that can truly change lives and maybe even save them. You're just one episode away from being more honest with yourself. Come on and listen. Sarah Shalevitz Vorhan is a criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, Hasidic Rabbitson, mother, wife, and all-around Miami girl. To say her life is interesting and inspiring is an understatement of the century, as Sarah really has made it all happen for herself. She talks with us today about her journey to becoming a lawyer, a mom, and a Jew. We are so excited for you to hear this conversation. Now on to Sarah. Hey, how are you? So exciting. First of all, I feel like I know Rachel because we have a mutual friend, Aliza. She yeah, I was that. telling Zelda that. I've heard so many amazing things about you from Aliza. No, she was always so tired and impressed by you. Thanks. I feel like I know you because Aliza always talks so highly. Aliza wow. loves you. Thanks. And then Zelda, I hear about your shaytils like nonstop. You're like the master of shaytils. So I have to like, we have to be in touch about that. And you're amazing. Sure. Be in touch about that. I actually took a little yeah. break from it, but yeah, we could definitely talk about shaytils. But I'm so grateful to be for you to be here. Um, you know, we're gonna. I'm, I'm sure we're gonna have an amazing conversation. And I just wanted to welcome you to the Oh My God podcast. Yeah. And um, if you could, Sarah, if you could give us a little background, um, so you can introduce yourself to our listeners. That would be great. My name is Sarah Shulevitz Borhand. I'm a criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, base Yakov girl, uh, Manhattan girl, Miami girl, attorney. Wow. Criminal defense attorney. That's amazing. And Rebbitson, and Hasidish Rebbitson. Rebbitson. So when did, when did you get the title Rebbitson? Tell us a little bit about that. That was four years ago. That was, um, I got married August 30th, 2018. I was single um, until my, I um, got married in my, um, my 40s. Um, I met my husband at 41 and we got married at 42. And I was single for a long time. And, uh, and then Hashem just blessed me with a beautiful baby boy. Um, uh, Hashem was um, an easy um, pregnancy and the labor was a little bit hard, but Baruch Hashem blessed beyond miracles. Like, um, you know, it says, even my doctor said, it's the hand of Hashem. Wow. He's not a religious man, but yeah. Wow. Is your husband a rabbi? He's a rabbi. He has a shul in Manhattan on the Upper West Side. So we are involved with making a lot of shidduchim. Um, we fly back and forth between Florida and New York. I'm licensed in New York, Florida as a lawyer, um, Michigan, 
and also in the U.S. Supreme Court. I think I'm the first Hasidic oh. Rebbitzin to be wow. licensed in the U.S. Supreme Court. Wow. But um, then wow. I found that also that Zev Brenner's wife, um, Adina, is also. So yeah. but I like to say I'm the first. Wow. Uh, yeah. But you know, she's not Hasidic. She's right. a Rebbitzin, but not Hasidic. Yes. Yeah. There's a difference there. Yes. Yes. Take us on a little journey about how you became a lawyer. What interest? How did you become interested yes. in this career so, path? So, um, you know, I went through some things in my life that made me want to, um, you know, I, it's such a, a thing in Torah, like Zedek, Zedek, Tirdok. So I started out, I was a prosecutor at um, around 23 years old in Miami-Dade County. And I started also, you know, as, as Jews, many times we're, um, it says, by Shanev Rachmanim Bolei Hasadim, that sometimes we have mercy. And I would see sometimes cases where someone had a drug issue or they had some other underlying issue that they needed rehab or they needed, they were dealing with trauma. So um, I saw that it wasn't, when I went into prosecution, I felt like things were black and white because I had a very sheltered life. So I thought someone's innocent or guilty, but then I saw that there's a gray line. There's a lot of people with no resources or they come from devastation. And I felt like I could do good work as a defense attorney. I switched sides to become a public defender with the government in Miami at that time. And then I eventually went into private practice. So I've been practicing criminal law for 20 years. Wow. Wow. But I still am young. I'm still you look, 22. You look so young. Thank so you. Good. You are young, but you look so young. Thank you. So yeah. I just had the baby. Um, we had her three months ago. Wow. Amazing. That is amazing. That's so beautiful. Wow. So you switched sides basically once you realized that there was so much more nuance and gray area. Yeah. So it says, it says like in the Gemara, in Kategor, Nassar, that usually um, the prosecution doesn't become the defense. So I did it and I really enjoy defense work. And of course, you know, there are people that are guilty, but under the people ask, how do you represent people? So first of all, a lot of my clients are sometimes not guilty. It's a misunderstanding. And even when someone is guilty under the Supreme, you know, under the United States constitution, everyone's entitled to a defense and halacha, Jewish law. I used to think that being a prosecutor, I was on the right side of halacha, but until um, my brother was a big Talmud Chacham, who was in Aram, he said to me that in Halacha it was very hard to convict someone. A cruel based in, in fact, only convicted once in 70 years because you needed Aden, you needed witnesses, and you needed Hasra, you needed warning. So, according to Jewish law, if someone would go into a building with a clean knife, come out with a bloody knife, and there was a dead body, According to Jewish law, they couldn't be convicted. According to American law, they could be convicted based on circumstantial evidence. So Jewish law is very pro-defense. And the way we treat, you know, forgive others is the way Hashem deals with us. But, you know, of course, there has to be punishment for people that, you know, but sometimes what's needed is rehab, psychological help. And sometimes people do need jail, but it's interesting, uh, a rabbi one time said that in, in Halacha, there was no real jail. There was, um, you know, like an R.A. Mikla, the city of refuge where people would run. Wow. So are you selected with, the, um, I guess, the criminals that you work with? Like, how do you kind of justify the cases that you work with to, like, sleep at night, so to speak, you know? Because you seem like such a, I mean, I know you are, and everyone does deserve defense. 
So I've had cases also with a lot of from people, everyone I have, you know, every walk of life I've represented. And um, so I find that a lot of the cases that come to me, it's hashkacha practice, that it was meant from Hashem, from God, that I should be representing those people. And sometimes I was able to change her life. I've had um, an African-American mother tell me that I changed her son's life, that he was, um, you know, at that time having issues as a juvenile and with, you know, with felonies, and now he's a city commissioner in Florida. Wow. So, wow, that's incredible. Yes. yes. Take the so, opportunity to teach. Yes. Yeah. And what, one of my um, client's mothers, she said to me, she's like, you know, you are the Queen Esther, like she's Christian, a religious Christian. She was saying, you're like the Queen Esther in the courtroom. You had a charm. So I felt very complimented by that. Wow. And, that's yeah. very beautiful. That's, that's definitely a huge compliment. And I, I love this idea because I've actually really struggling with the idea of all of our restrictions, right? Like we look, we look at the, a lot of, there's two ways to look at the Torah, at Litzvah, and even just the law in, in the United States. There's the fear of retribution, the fear of punishment. Like I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be hurt. And then there's the idea of, I want to empower myself to choose the right approach because this is who I am. I'm a good person. I want to embody the goodness of my soul, of myself, of the community. And I find that growing up, I myself grew up very religious, you know, in, in um, a Chabad school. And as much as they tried to empower us of choosing the good, finding the good inside, there was a lot of emphasis on fear of punishment, fear of punishment. And even now we're just finished talking with Adina about abortion. And I feel like you know, like the people that are, are pro-choice, pro-choice, pro-mother, pro-mother, pro-choice, which is not really necessarily pro-mother, like meaning pro-choice, meaning the mother could do whatever she wants. And that's, you know, obviously a very nuanced discussion. But my, my, my thing is, is that if we actually empower women, if we empower people, then we will have to do less. If we prevent, if we focus more on prevention, we're going to have to do less jail time. We're gonna to have to do less prosecuting, and I find it so interesting because you really are taking that that same approach, but from the other angle of defense, meaning giving them the opportunity for a second chance. Yeah. And a lot of yes, because a lot of times there's like a cycle that people live. Let's say in a crime-infested neighborhood, they grew up that their father was a criminal or with molestation cases they were molested not that there's any excuse people need to also take responsibility it's a very dark side to criminal law but when you bring torah in you bring light wherever there's um you know and it happens in every community horrible things i mean there's when there's a lot of kedusha and holiness there's also a dark side and i think that we have to each bring the light that we have within us because we were blessed to have you know an education, a yeshiva education. Um, I found that like that helped in the career, like learn, like we had to memorize a lot about pen and Yaakov, like memorizing by heart. So it helped me study for the bar. Wow. <laughs> like 26 subjects was <laughs> not nothing, but it made it easier. But um, like the lesson of Amuna, I had to internalize on my own. I think now there's more of a push towards Amuna, but at the time, I didn't really, I knew everything, but I didn't have that deep relationship with Hashem. 
And I think it's so important for each of us to speak to Hashem as a friend, as a therapist, and Hashem can do anything. And when we, I was single for so many years in Miami and New York, and I would complain, why me, why me? Another bad date, another rejection, another heartbreak. But the second that all my teachings that I learned clicked was the second that the Yeshuos, that the salvation happened when, when I stopped complaining and when I started, you know, thanking Hashem, thank you, Hashem, that I am single. Thank you, Hashem, that I'm in the right. I realized that like wherever we are now is the right place for us, that we can't, I looked back at past things that didn't work out. And when we just realize where Hashem, there's no mistakes, Hashem doesn't make mistakes. It says in Parshas Hazinu, Hatsur Tamim Mishpat. Hashem is a perfect rock and all his ways are just. There's Hashem makes no, you know, there's nothing, there's no mistakes that Hashem makes and everything is perfect. And when we realize that and accept it, unbelievable surprises happen. Like I met my husband a month after Tanis Esther when I was thanking Hashem. I met my husband a month later. Wow. wow. Yes. I love that you bring Hashem into everything that you do, um, you know, as, as a way in your workforce as well. And yeah, it's such a powerful lesson to really thank Hashem for everything that we do have and only and focus on the gifts that we are given and our single time is a time to be grateful for, for that gift. And when we're married, it's important to focus on the good that we have, you know, with our husband and our and our life, our current life. And life itself always has challenges. Um, like sometimes like people don't realize when they're single, there's also a bracha that you're very carefree, you can travel, you can do what you want. And then when you're married, that has brachos also, many brachos. So we, we have to learn to be happy. Um, as Gedalia Fenster says, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, it's green where you water it. Right. So we have to, whatever situation, and at that time I was single, I didn't think already, you know, being over 40 in the from community, I didn't think it was gonna happen. So I realized I'm gonna make the best of my life how it was, and I ended up becoming a Remington in Manhattan in the shul where I was named. My father used to daven in the shul, yet I was named there. So Hashem has crazy plans for us when we we leave ourselves to Hashem. When we trust in Hashem, kindness and mercy surround us. Right, that's so true. And I, and I think it's also like a, a big, which, which is really essentially what you're saying, like a big part of feeling and seeing the blessings is taking accountability as well. You know, we know that Hashem does everything, but also not be, not falling into or surrendering into the victim mentality of like, you know, this is something outside of me. Uh, this is happening to me, but, but real embodying the fact yes. that we, Hashem is inside of us. We have this neshama. We want to embody the right approach. Again, not from fear of retribution, but from, from going towards the person that we really are and take accountability. This is me, or this is wrong. This is not me. Not really from, I'm going to be punished or I'm going to be rewarded. And, and, but at the same time, it's so hard, right? It's so hard to fully be aware and mindful of this all the time. What's something that either you have like a strategy or a tool that how do you get yourself into that empowered state away from 
the victim mentality away from so exactly so because when I was younger I had a like a difficult kind of abusive situation when I was you know younger when I was 18 I had an arranged marriage and then I was was a short time but I went through a lot of single years recovering and I never considered myself to be I persevered in the career we have to you know put an ishtadlis to make our life um successful not to be a victim you know, when life serves you, my mother always says, when life serves lemons, you make lemonade. And we have to also put in our normal efforts, like in Chovas Halavavos, Shara Bitachon, it talks about that you have to, you know, you know, miracles happen, but you don't rely on it. You have to put, if someone needs something medically, you go to, Hashem makes miracles all the time. But Hashem makes it look like it's coming through a shliach, like through a doctor or through, you know, whatever we need to do, we should always put in our best effort and never, you know, be a victim because we grow from it. From that bad experience, I ended up becoming a prosecutor of domestic violence cases. So, and I was able to help other women. And um, also I'm involved, I um, gave a lecture recently um, in Miami, we had a lunch and learn. Judge Sarah Zabo and I, and we were, and um, a few other attorneys, and we were discussing um, changing the law in Florida to make it a get law and dealing with um, helping Agunos. So, whatever negative things you went through in life, you should use it to help others and to empower others. Wow, I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Because sometimes we just surrender and be like, no, this is, you know, rabbis are bad, or this is the system. And it's like, no, this is an opportunity. If you feel like something is wrong, an opportunity to innovate. That's true. There is good and bad. Yeah, there is good and bad. You know, there is, you know, but we're all human and people are flawed. Only Hashem is perfect. So we have to know also that um, the Torah, you know, it's Chaim Gila Machazik and by the Torah is a tree of life for those that grab onto it. The Derachem, the enriches our life. There are people that are flawed in our community and we can't, but that's not Hashem and people where there's a lot of holiness and a lot of MS and a lot of truth, there's going to be, you know, a sitra or there's going to be, you know, some kind of resistance right. and bad forces. That's very true. That's very inspiring. First of all, you're very inspiring and very empowering and, you know, you didn't allow any of your hardship to control you, you really took took it by the reins and dictated your what you're going to do with it. And I think that's amazing. The last thing my my uh, ex husband said when I was I was very young, I was like, you know, basically 20 years old. I was 18 when we got married. He said, "You're going to be nothing without me," and I believed it at the time. And a few years later, I was prosecuting domestic violence cases, and you know, he every, I mean let's say even a person like that, a lot of times they're not bad people either. People are tested, you know, life is very complex. It's not black and white and there's gray. Right, right that's As you said earlier, traumatized, people don't have resources, right. people come from back to bad environments, hurt people, hurt people. Yes, yes. And people, you know, people are human and people also in law, there's temporary insanity, you right. know, also like, you know, not to, not to excuse any, everyone has to take responsibility for themselves, but in life, we shouldn't hold grudges to people. Everything that happens to us is from Hashem. 
I love that you're saying that because it sounds like, you know, you're a prosecutor, you, you defend criminals. It sounds so foreign, but it's actually so applicable to every single person that we yeah. all hold grudges. We all feel sometimes like, oh, she's doing that personally to hurt me or well, I want to get revenge. And really nothing is personal. And harm ourselves, the more we focus. My father always says the best um, revenge is success. Yeah. The best thing we can do is forget them and empower us. And a lot of times they'll come back crawling, begging for forgiveness. So, you know, and that happens in life a lot. So the best thing we could do is just focus on ourselves and focus on thanking Hashem for the gifts and not focusing on, on um, bad things that happen to us. Yeah, that's so true. I also love that you said when your ex-husband told you that you're not going to amount to anything, um, you said first, like you believed it. And I think that's such an important part here because- And I just want to say like, he's not a bad person. Everyone comes with their own- For sure. But someone I, could be good with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And when yeah. people are not inherently bad, they're just either misguided or traumatized, like you said. But but the point that I think is, is amazing is that you said at first you believed it and then you became a prosecutor. And I think it's so powerful to realize that we are or we are not based on the stories we tell ourselves, which is usually based on what other people told us, either as we're growing up, um, either by our family members or just by other people that are not in a good place and therefore they, you know, skewed their own anger or resentment towards us. And then we believed it. And then we started living in those footsteps rather than say, I'm not attaching myself to this belief system. This is not mine. This is yours to keep and empowering ourselves with a new belief system. Yeah. And I think that's amazing that that's what you did. And you did was very young and it was also like a learning experience and there were certain things that maybe, and I don't think victims shouldn't blame themselves, but like, you know, sometimes it's just like not the right dynamic and we need to be strong in ourselves also because sometimes people do what we allow them to do. So we have to know our boundaries, you know, strengthen ourselves and also a lot of tefillah and tehillim and connecting with Hashem. When you were so young and you were coming out of a difficult situation, what were some of the things that you did to strengthen yourself, to empower yourself, to be able to then really believe the truth about yourself is that you were whole and good and perfect and beautiful. So at first it was very hard because at that time, and this was like over 20 years ago in the religious community, it wasn't so common. So you feel a lot of stigma and people whisper and gossip. And then, you know, you know, there's a lot of gossip and not only gossip, just people are curious and it's very hard and you feel stigmatized and that's hard at a very young age. And I didn't have children, but like, and I know you guys you know went through, that's even, you have so much strength and courage. Um, but, you know, at that time it was very hard. And then one of my brothers said to me something very smart. He's like, only go where you feel celebrated. If you go to a share and you feel people are whispering and you feel negative, don't go there again. And I started then being only, I had one or two friends and the circle grew and grew because then you're around people that make you feel positive. If someone makes you feel bad about yourself, you don't have to be rude to them, but you create a distance. Wow. So really surround yourself with positive yeah. people, good vibes. Life is hard. Everyone has their own challenges, but you need to be around people that uplift you. I admire your friendship that you both have so much. And then 
Um, one of Rachel's good friends is one of my best friends, Aliza. So um, she's amazing, yes. So there's amazing people out there and amazing women out there that are very supportive. And yeah, having good friends is really important. Right. Especially and going through. Absolutely. Know. It's one of the things that, that really could, could make you or break you through your hardships is friendships. And, and at the time, and when you go through a difficult situation, you learn who your friends are because there was one person that they saw what was going on. They said, I'm going to be there for you when you have the strength to leave the situation. And instead, the next thing I come to Shul and she's wearing my shadows, my jewelry, my clothes that I'm like, she, and then she wasn't there for me. And then sometimes there were people that were there for me that I didn't even know were so, they weren't even close to me and they stood by me. So you never know who, right. you know, your friends are. Never know. And, but it's important to realize that we do have the power to leave situations that are not good for us, friendships, communities, organizations, even though it's so hard, it's very hard. And I get this a lot where people are like, how did you risk, um, you know, not feeling like you might be excommunicated or you might not be accepted. It's a very, it's psychic. It's a lot of judgment. Oh, unfortunately there is a lot of judgment. You know, people do judge but when we realize that there's only one judge, the dynamics is Hashem. And I had a situation with a judge on a case that he wanted me to try a case on a Yom Tov. And I said, I'm not going to be here. I said, to hold me in contempt right now. And the whole courtroom was shocked. One guy that wasn't even religious said he kept Shabbos that week because the judge kept like, and I have the transcript, he kept mocking, saying like, oh, you know, Mishulovitz here, she... Um, creates all these holidays. I bet you fast on Gedalia. She finds um, holidays from thousands of years ago. And I stood up to this judge and another colleague said, oh, you know, don't make yourself into such a martyr because he's a, um, he's, what's it called? A level, an article three judge. He's appointed by the governor. And I said to him, I'm not scared of that judge. Hashem is in charge of the governors. Hashem, lo Hashem runs the kingdoms and the judge ended up um, you know, apologizing and um, he, we get along and he, um, wow. yeah, like, you know, so you have to be proud to be, when you're proud to be an Orthodox Jew, then, you know, other people and even Arab colleagues were stood by me and they were very like impressed because everyone was afraid of this judge. And he's a very good judge and he's a nice man and everything. But we have to realize that the only person we have to fear is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Fodo Ratzno, that Hashem runs the world. And then we're very successful when we make Hashem our everything. Wow. That's amazing. It's inspiring, honestly. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we had a Rebbe, me, Toby, Rubenstein and Adina, we had on Shavuos at the JCC in Manhattan a discussion about this. And Toby also discussed about Fashion Week and how she stood up about Young Tov. So we were discussing this about being, when you're proud of who you are and, you know, then the world respects you. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. If there's something, a message that you can leave our listeners with, something that um, you felt empowered you that you want to share, or really anything, uh, that would be great. So, like I said before, when someone has faith in God, then 
kindness and mercy surround them. And the more um, we trust and have faith and just simple faith and Muna Peshuta just to not question. And it's hard because when we're chat, it's easy to say it now, but when we're challenged, but just to try to, um, and Muna having faith is like an exercise and we have to just keep surrounding ourselves with books, which you're a Dalia Fenster. And I read a lot of Amuna books by Rabbi David Ashiyar, Chobas Halavavos, Shara Bitachon. And um, also I'm involved in trying to make Shaduchim in Manhattan and, and Miami and all over. And just, you know, you know, we have to, Olam Chassidi Bana, we have to just try to help people as much as possible. Such an inspiration, Sarah. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm so honored to be here, and I hope to see you guys in, in person soon. Yes. You're both amazing. Thank you. Have a great day. Mazel tov again for your baby. Thank you. He's Baruch Hashem, and he's beautiful. Baruch Hashem. Oh, wow. Enjoy. Have an amazing Thank day. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Oh My God podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. If this spoke to you, please share the episode with someone you believe would love it just as much as you did. And rate the podcast five stars so we can continue to make content like this for you. If you have a question, suggestion, or interview request, shoot us an email to omgpod at gmail.com. That's omgpod spelled O-H-E-M-G-E-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Until then, shalom. shalom.